everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hands-On Safety. Once again, we are very excited today to have um, our usual crew, which is George. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Megan. Maybe. <laughs> she went to the bathroom. Or maybe not. <laughs> Megan, where'd you go? I'm having technical difficulties over here. Oh. Hello, everybody. <laughs> we'll keep that in. There she is. <laughs> Sorry about that. We'll it's keep okay. that in. Yes, we'll keep that in. Um, and we are um, also excited today to have our second guest on the show. And I would like to welcome Brad Martin to our show. And Brad, you and I have been friends for a very, very, very long time, and I'm not going to say how many years. I was going to say, don't go there. No, I'm not going there, but I am, <laughs> am going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Brad Martin, and hello, everyone. I, um, Leslie and I have known each other longer than we care to admit, and we still talk to each other, right? so that's saying something. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I, I work for United Way of Southwest Alabama in Mobile, Alabama. And uh, I am a tax return preparer and program coordinator for free tax return preparation programs in our area. And how long have you been doing that, Brad? I'm in my 10th tax season this year. I just started my 10th season. I, I, if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be doing someone's taxes, I probably would have laughed at you. <laughs> um, and, and, and Leslie probably would have too. In 2011, I was happily working in radio and I had been doing that for about 10 years. And the uh, college, I worked in public radio and the college that owned the radio station sold it to another university. And that university was four hours away and that would have been a bit of a commute and they really didn't need any other staff because they already had their staff and we're just a repeater now. So um, we all had to find new jobs. And I got a job as a volunteer coordinator for a different program um, that program was actually a whole nother topic where our volunteers would uh, basically become legal guardians for incapacitated adults and make medical decisions and 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 living arrangement decisions for people who were incapacitated and, and, and adjudicated by the courts to be unable to make those decisions. So that's what I got hired to do. And I was supposed to be more or less coordinating the volunteers who were doing that work. And I got in the job and about a week later, they said, we don't have the funds for a separate uh, tax coordinator. So we're going to put you in charge of that program as well. And I, my, my stomach kind of jumped in knots because my feeling was I've done my own taxes. The computer asked me questions. I answered the questions and a magic number popped out of the screen. And that was my refund. Mm -hmm. And you hope. <laughs> right, right. And I mean, you, then I, you hoped you did it right. Then I was naive and I just thought, oh, if I answer the questions right, the right number will come out. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how it works. And so I had done my own. I had done my mother's. And back then the software wasn't very accessible either. I had to read the whole thing. But we've come a long way since then. And so they say, basically, you have to uh, do the tax class. I mean, the, the tax program. And I said, great. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I had some really good volunteers who got me through the first year. And I don't think I cost anybody any money. I tried not to do returns because I didn't know what I was doing. And, and I made it stumble through the first year. So after the first year, they said, oh, by the way, our IRS relationship manager is not going to be able to travel this year. So you need to teach the classes. Hmm. And I went, oh, God, now I really have to know what I'm doing because I got to teach it. 
And so I started out teaching and I was a terrible teacher um, because I lectured. I read the slides. I read the, the, the little, you know, I took notes and I read my notes and no one, no one wanted to come back to my class. And so I had to learn to do things differently. But that requires you to get really, really good, really fast. So um, I practiced a lot on tax returns and I really tried to understand the tax laws and how to make them approachable and understandable to ordinary people because my program doesn't involve CPAs usually, and it doesn't involve enrolled agents, it involves regular volunteers from the community. So everything that I teach has to be sort of, you know, explainable to everyday people. And so I got better. And uh, about four years ago, I was running three sites and I was perfectly content to run three locations. And another program in my area was going to close because they really didn't feel that operating four tax sites was within their wheelhouse and their mission. So they asked if I would take over their four sites. So I went from three locations one year to seven the next. And so now I operate, because of COVID, we've cut back and two of our senior centers are not open yet to the public. So we are down to four locations, but we're trying to funnel seven locations worth of taxpayers into four locations. So this has been a very interesting year. It started a week ago, really, the actual filing season, not even a week ago. So we started We started um, about six days ago, and it's been a very interesting year, but we hope it'll be better than last year. Yeah. So you and I have talked a little bit about how you're you're off to a, a busy start so far, and I'm sure I, as, <laughs> as uh, the deadline approaches, you'll get even more. Oh, busy, yeah. I think I did. I think I did 19 returns this past week. Yeah. Myself, not including my volunteers who have done a whole lot more. Right. So. So you'll get a, a lot busier, which is, you know, one reason for having you on now um, before you get too busy and sleep deprived and mildly insane to talk to us. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and to get the information that we want to talk about today out early. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about today um, because people are, if they, if they don't want to do it themselves or they don't feel like they can do it themselves are maybe looking for people to do their taxes for them. And, um, I did a quick kind of search online of, you know, how do I find a reputable tax preparer? And I got a lot of information. I, oddly enough, I got a lot of lists that were different links. I got a list of, of seven tips, eight tips, 10 tips, five tips, six tips um, with a link that sent you to somewhere else that had 10 tips. And um, <laughs> so I got all kind of information. A lot of it was the same, but a lot of it wasn't. So what are some things that we should be looking for when we're looking for somebody to do our taxes? Okay. So the first thing to note is that there are people and there are programs like mine, but all over the country, there are people and I know you're not going to believe this. There are people who actually like doing taxes. You are one of them, I know. <laughs> I am. But the point is, I work with a bunch of volunteers who also like to do them. <laughs> right. And what I really love about that is that, you know, we always have a good time telling people, you know, we actually like doing this. And moreover, we don't get paid to do your taxes because you can actually get your taxes done for free in many cases. So not only do we like doing taxes, they don't pay our volunteers to do them. And we still come back, even during COVID. So right. I'm not sure what that says about us. But um, the reality is the IRS operates a program called Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. 
The acronym for that is pronounced Vita, like vitamin, not Vita, like Velveeta cheese. Um, and and then there's a there's a sister program also sponsored by the IRS called TCE or Tax Counseling for the Elderly. We operate basically the same way. The difference is the target audience is served. TCE targets people age 60 or better. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say older. I say better. And, <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> and Vita targets people whose income is $57,000 or less, as well as persons with disabilities and persons with limited English speaking proficiency and veterans. So we are set up to do your taxes. And um, this year, it looks a little different depending on where you are. There are some programs that are operating by drop off, some programs that are operating in the more conventional, come sit across the desk from me while I do your taxes. Um, it just depends on how bad COVID is in your area and what the organizations that are running the programs there um, are doing. So what happens is the IRS partners with nonprofits, colleges, universities, basically anybody who wants to operate a tax program and has been vetted by the IRS. It's mostly nonprofits and community action agencies and that sort of thing, some governmental agencies, state and local. So what happens is they partner with us, we recruit volunteers, the IRS provides training materials, they provide a certification test. We have to get tested every single year uh, before we can touch your tax returns. So in that way, and there are some limitations, but they're pretty narrow. We can do a lot more than just the single W-2 type return that people think of. So we can do capital gains. We can do um, itemized deductions. We can do retirement income, social security, if need be. We can do dividends and interest. We can do some self-employment. There are some pretty tight restrictions there, but we can do sole proprietorships. In some cases, we used to be able to do rental property. We don't do that anymore. They, they kind of found that that was a little risky because people don't necessarily keep great records of their rental properties. We only do that for military members. We don't do farm income, um, but we do a lot of things. We do education credits for people who are in college. We do um, daycare credit. For people who have kids in daycare. Uh, we do earned income credit. Of course, that's a big focus of the VITA program. So bottom line, we do a lot of different types of returns. And the volunteers take a certification test, or in some cases, more than one, and then they're set up to do returns at different locations. This year, we're seeing more people drop their stuff off in a lot of locations. We're not doing that at our sites. We're still doing in person with lots of hand sanitizer and lots of barriers and, and safety and that kind of thing. Um, so far, so good. Right. And how do people find how do people find programs like that in their area? Okay, so you can go to in a lot of places you can call your local United Way 211 mm-hmm. and that is to say you dial 211 and it usually asks for your zip code and you get connected with your local 211. A lot of times the 211 call centers have lists of those locations. Um I know ours does and a lot of places do. In some places 211 actually schedules those appointments. You can also go to irs.gov and type in VITA locator, V-I-T-A locator, mm-hmm. or free tax preparation. And there are two locators, one for VITA, one for TCE. You pick the one that best fits your, your circumstances. There's also a more comprehensive tool. It's been around for a while, but it's got a major makeover this year. So I want to talk about it. And it's called myfreetaxes.com. Okay. My Free Taxes is a United Way entity that is set up to help you find a tax preparer or do your own. 
So what it will let you do is you go to my free taxes and you basically tell them what you want. Do you want to do your return in person? Are you looking for some place to do it virtually? Or do you want to do your own return from home with support from phone volunteers? And based on how you address your, your questions, um, they'll give you either access to the vital locator on irs.gov, or they'll get, give you access to a platform called Get Your Refund. And that's where you can upload documents from home and they will be distributed to a volunteer at a VITA site who will do the return. Another volunteer will check it just like we do and then send it back to you to sign and then uh, using something like DocuSign and then um, file it for you. So that's a thing. Or if you're feeling like you want to do your own, they will refer you to um, software that is brand software. Um, I think it takes you to TaxSlayer this year, which mm -hmm. is accessible and you can do your own. The trick to that is being able to make sure you can either read or um, get someone to tell you what's on your W-2. I'm a little cautious about OCR with stuff like that because I would hate for it to think that a one is a seven or an eight is a six and you enter the wrong number into your taxes and then the IRS gets mad. Um, so be very careful if you OCR it. But there are um, software tools that are very accessible now. And there are things like TurboTax. I've not used TurboTax uh, in a very, very long time. It's probably as accessible as the rest. I was going to, I know people that have, I haven't talked to anybody that's used it recently, but I have, I have known a few people that have used it with a screen reader and, and managed to get through it without a problem. In general, the web-based versions of software are more accessible than the desktop platforms. Mm -hmm. You know, you can buy the, the CDs in the stores or you can download the desktop software. The web interfaces are generally more accessible um, in my experience. And the web interfaces are fine. Everything's in the cloud. Um, you can access whatever. You should also look for IRS free file. And you can Google that, IRS free file, if you're going to do your own returns. And the reason I say that is free file is an, another program sponsored by the IRS. They work with various tax software vendors, and there are a number of them. And they'll ask you questions. How much income did you have? Do you have kids? Do you have um, you know, certain, certain characteristics, all of the different free file providers have different limitations on income limits or certain types of returns that they'll do for free. And if you enter your information, it'll ask if you need to do a state return. Some states don't have a state return. Once you put in that information, it'll tell you, okay, these are the offers that are available to you for free. Mm -hmm. And then it will let you choose which one you want to use and you can go in and try it and see. So there are free file providers out there, and that's important to note because um, you don't you're not locked into one option if you want to do free returns. That's good. There's just you know all these choices out there. Um, what about for people who either need to or decide they just want to go to a place um, where they have to pay somebody to do this, whether it's a CPA or um, you know, somewhere one of the commercial tax the commercial uh, companies out there, tax places. What what should they be looking for? Okay, um, really and truthfully, that? it's it's it, there are lots of reputable and good paid preparers out there, um, and I know some of them, and some of them volunteer with me on the side as well as doing paid returns. They do paid returns for their higher clients, and then they volunteer with us as well. They are not Actually, allowed really to love to do taxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and they're not allowed to like 
come to a volunteer site, work with you and say, oh, you know what? I can't do your return here. But if you come to me at my office, mm. gotcha. they're not allowed to do that. They they cannot earn business or grow their business by volunteering. Right. Um, but a paid preparer who is good will ask you lots of questions, either on paper or in person. They need to understand your tax situation very well. Um, and a paid preparer will explain your return to you to the extent you want them to. In other words, where those numbers are coming from. You don't want to, and I know a lot of people do this. They just walk in, sign the return uh, and walk out. And you, you need to know where your numbers are coming from. And in a minute, I'll tell you some stories of why that's important. But you also want a paid preparer that is going to give you a copy of your return. What we see in some of the shady, then there are a lot of shady dealers out there. And we see them because eventually the IRS catches up to the taxpayer and then they come to us to straighten out the mess. Right. Um, because the IRS will refer them to us because they know who we are. And so you can you can run into a very sketchy situation where the preparer won't give them a copy of the return because they don't want you to see what they've done after you agreed to whatever you agreed to. Why does that happen? Because some preparers will charge you a percentage based on, which they're not supposed to do. Right. So a percentage of your refund. So if they can jack up your refund by adding things that are not legit, then they get a bigger commission, right? So, right. and we see this time and time again. Um, so what you want to do to answer your original question, you want to know where your numbers are coming from. You want a copy of that return as it is going to be filed. And you should hold on to that return. How many times have I seen people come in and they say, well, do you have the original return that was filed? No, they didn't give me a copy. Um, mm -hmm. You should not leave without a copy of your return. And if you if that's the game plan, then you need to tell them not to file the return and you need to have them delete it from their system. And it is okay to walk out if you do not get a good vibe from your tax preparer. You know what? They have, they have to have your signature on file in order to file a return. You shouldn't sign a return until you feel good about the results. And that doesn't mean you like the results. The results may not be what you hope they would be, but you need to at least feel good that you understand how you got there. Right. You want to have a preparer who will take the time to, to discuss your concerns. And a, a good paid preparer usually will give you some sort of um, intake paperwork where they'll ask you all kinds of questions about your income and your expenses before you start. And you just feel like they understand you. I had a volunteer once explain to me, when people come to you to get their taxes done, they're laying their whole life out in front of you and they have to be able to trust you. And so go with the trust factor. Um, also be careful. There are legitimate products out there that will allow you to get a loan based on your refund. But you're giving up part of your refund for those, for those products. You know, you're paying interest on that money to get them fast. Um, no, no um, I mean, e-filing e a return takes at least a week to 10 days to get your money back. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes longer, depending on the case involved. But there should be no reason that you should feel pressured or that you should feel um, required to follow through if it doesn't feel right. The other thing is, I love when people come and ask me for estimates. <laughs> because the reality is, there's only one right answer. So it's a math problem. There's only one right answer. Now, there may be some things where you can choose either to do A or B, and it might change the numbers, and we might look at it both ways when we're doing it. But, you know, especially in our case, we have limited volunteer availability. No, we do not do estimates. We do tax returns. Right. Um, 
So, and I, by the way, I've tried this with different software packages. I've done the same return in multiple programs and it does come back with the same answer. Well, um, that's good to know. Right. I mean, it does. And so, you know, it, it's not like, oh, well, if I try it in this one, maybe I'll get a better number. If I go to this person, maybe I'll get a better number. Now, it's possible that the person may know something about the tax law that another person does not and may know of, of some legal loophole that may help you. Right. Um, if you are in a state that requires a state return, find out what it's going to cost you uh, and if that, that person can do your state. Also, remember that most, if not all, places that charge you a fee should charge you by the form. Now, they may not all charge the exact same thing, but they should charge you based on the form, like this form costs this much and this form costs that much. It should not be a percentage of your refund. And be wary, uh, companies, not companies, but tax preparers who set up, I, I find they usually have initials. Uh, Leslie and I could open one called LNB Tax Service. <laughs> and I find that they usually are there a year and then they disappear. Mm-hmm. And they may pop up across town but they're trying to stay ahead of getting caught. These are people who have done really interesting things to people's tax returns, and now they don't want to be found because they don't want to have to fix it. Let me tell you a story about that. And this is just reality. I have had taxpayers come to me and they say, I got a letter from the IRS and it says that I owe $10,000 and I don't understand why. And so my response is, okay, can I see your original tax return? Oftentimes, the response I get is they didn't give me a copy. They gave me this thing that's like a pre-file copy. I'm like, okay, so they gave you a copy, but it may or may not have been what was filed with the IRS. Now, usually the IRS will send some kind of a transcript to show me what the numbers are that they've put in, but it's kind of vague. It's a vague sort of reporting, but it gives me an idea. So I go through and we're, and usually I get a team together, a couple of volunteers, and we sort through it, try to figure out what did this person do? And we explain to the, the taxpayer what their return actually says, what they, what they told the IRS. Remember, they've signed this return. And what did they sign? They signed an e-file agreement that says, ultimately, under penalty of perjury, I am responsible for the information on this return. And to the best of my knowledge, the information provided is accurate and true and complete. But they don't really know what's in that return. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through this return and I say, okay, Leslie, who, who was in school last year on your taxes? And you say, nobody. Oh, well, they've got you down for an education credit of $2,500. That's why you got that big refund last year. Who had a business? You know, oh, well, I worked at, you know, such and such a store. No, no. This says that you had a business and right. that you did not have any income, but you lost $26,000 in returns. People brought back merchandise, but you had no income. Well, why would they do that? Because they wanted a lower income for you so they could get earned income credit. Some of the things that go away when you have a higher income. It goes on. There, is, there are certain hallmarks that you see people do to elevate the refund. And what happens is it takes the IRS a couple of years to catch on. So you've gotten this big six, seven, $8,000 refund. Maybe they added a couple of kids somewhere down the way. And... Um, Now, two years later, you get the love letter from Dear Iris, and um, it basically says, we don't love you anymore. Send back the money we gave you, plus the interest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And in the case of one taxpayer, she had gotten two years down the road, 
she went to the same person for two years straight. So they sent her a letter about year number one. I said, they ain't got to year number two yet. You want me to look at it before they get there? And it was the same way. Yeah. And so we had to prepare amended returns, send them in. And in the end, literally this person owed about $10,000. So it is very important to feel good about the return and to understand the return because what you're signing says that you are responsible for the information on it, not the tax preparer. Now, you can try to go after the tax preparer because their number should be on there. They're what's called their pay, uh, preparer's tax identification number. Mm-hmm. It should be on the return and you can try to report it. It just may take a really long time until they get found. Um, but there are cases where that has happened. And the, but of course, the preparer at that point doesn't have the money. And you're, you know, ultimately you're out at it a lot of times. Now, sometimes if you report the preparer, I've been told sometimes that will reduce the penalties involved. But there are lots the consequences to filing an incorrect return. So you do want to make sure that you you understand it and you feel good about the preparer you're using. Again, there are lots of very good paid preparers out there. Um, this is not a slam against people who make their money filing tax returns. Just make sure that you feel good and that you they, they make you feel comfortable with what you're filing and you know where those numbers are coming from. They should be able to tell you, okay, and, and if you are not able to read the return, they should be able to read those numbers to you. And if you want to have someone there watching with them, um, then that's up to you. But you should be able to have the numbers either explained to you saying, this is your wages. This is your retirement income. And we add those together. This is your total income. Now we have your deductions. And this came from either your standard deduction or it came from your mortgage interest and your charitable contributions. And then you have an education credit because your daughter was in college and that got you this $1,000. And so when we add it all together, this is where the numbers came from. And if you say, I didn't have a kid in college, that's a red flag, right? You didn't have a right. kid. You don't have kids. Another thing I will caution people about, I don't know if you've ever heard this. Did you know that people will sell their children's social security numbers? I have heard that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, all right, let's say that I do not have to file a tax return. Maybe I'm on um, disability. And, you know, maybe I'm getting SSI. SSI is not taxable. Social security in and of itself is not taxable unless you have other income. And so people will say, well, I need to get somebody to carry my three kids on their tax return. And I've been told this by people. Mm -hmm. And so they might call their sister and say, hey, um, I got, I I got these three social security numbers for these three kids. You want to put them on your taxes since I don't have to file. Your children are not fast food drive through coupons. <laughs> um, I know that's not funny, but. <laughs> but it is, but it's not. It's meant to be very poignant because the reality is what happens is people will claim their sister's kids. With, and, and you go, why would they do that? Because they can get earned income credit. And if the kids are under 17, child tax credit and sometimes even stimulus money mm-hmm. in the case of these new stimulus payments. And. The problem is, if the IRS tracks down that you committed tax fraud, then when you legit can claim earned income credit, you're blocked for 10 years. And it takes a while, but eventually they'll send, they, may, they may send a letter say, asking for proof that those kids live with you. So um, you will hear people say that. You'll also hear that people in prison sell their social security numbers because they don't have to file taxes. And what's in it for the person? What's, and, and, and so what happens is, like if I decide I'm going to sell my my social security number to you and you get to claim me as a dependent, then you'll agree and you might agree to split the money with me, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll give you my social 
or I'll give you my three kids. Cause I had somebody come in one time. She wanted me to file it, to prepare it both ways with the kids and without the kids. <laughs> and what she wanted was to see what the difference was. So she could say, okay, you give me half of this. Cause I gave you, I, I, you know, I'll give you half. Cause you gave me your three kids to file on this return. Right. Right. There's all kinds of things out there. And so um, I don't encourage people to get involved with stuff like that because eventually it's going to come back around and then you can be one of those people that won $10,000. And like you said, the IRS just doesn't, doesn't get back to you right away on this. They take oh it. no, it takes a while. It takes the a only while. Time, so a the only time the I've ever seen the IRS write back really quick. Um, there's a provision in the, in the affordable care act where people who are on the marketplace for health insurance have to reconcile how much subsidy they got to pay for that insurance. And if they're supposed to reconcile that and they have not filed the proper form, that letter comes in about three weeks. <laughs> Everything else takes forever, <laughs> forever. Yeah. And depending on your state, states vary wildly. Some states get back to you really quick with your refund and some of them take a year. Mm-hmm. So it just oh. depends. <laughs> and some states have state earned income credits that people try to claim and that can mess you up down the road too. So there's a lot of things. It doesn't pay to play with the IRS. It really right. doesn't. It and does you come might back to get you in the end. It does come point. back to get you and you might get away with it once maybe, but it's not the kind of chance you want to take. The IRS can go in and take money out of your account. They can take money from your paycheck. They can garnish that. They can do all sorts of things. They can put a lien on your house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's not advisable to play games with the IRS. I so think what, that's a jar of worms you don't want to open. No. no, no, they don't play. They don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> so um, go ahead, me. Just throwing something out there. Um, I'm no tax ex- expert in Canada, but if nor you am want, I. <laughs> if you want somebody to do your taxes in Canada, um, I would call the CRA and see if. They can connect you with resources. Um, if you're not really sure, I'm not really finding much online. So I personally have an accountant do mine and then all that kind of stuff. But um, if you're not sure and you don't know things like me, I would talk to the CRA, Canadian or Canada Revenue Agency and yeah, I, my nice. understanding, Megan, is that they do have similar programs in Canada. Um, oh, I so, bet I bet we do. Uh, and so, my understanding is that there are, and there are also free filing online type softwares as well. So, I believe that's correct, and yes. I believe that's where you would start. Yes. And I found um, just in the quick Google search that I did for this, I did find um, the I on the IRS, and there was an article on um, Nerd Wallet and a couple of other places that does talk about if you are going to pay a tax repair, what you should expect to pay, what, you know, if they're going to charge you a flat fee, it's usually on average around um, $200. If they're going to charge you by the hour or by the form, you know, you should expect to pay 130 or so or 160 to 170, depending on the forms uh, some forms were around 80. So they did do a pretty good job of breaking down an idea of what you should be expecting to see if you decide to use a paid tax repair, which was good information to know because I could go to any tax repair and I wouldn't have a clue if they were overcharging me or not. 
And it varies. And that's the problem. The worst thing you can do is say, but my friend paid or but my friend got (laughs) because everybody's situation is different. Like my return is pretty straightforward. I have a W-2. I have a mortgage statement, which only helps me on my state return because I don't have enough to itemize on federal. I have a little bit of gifts to charity. By the way, there's a new provision this year. Even if you don't normally itemize, if you did give cash donations to a charitable organization, you should claim them. There is a little extra benefit there on the federal side. And then I have uh, a little bit of bank interest, and I do mean a little. So my return's pretty straightforward. I'm not even having to file any really extra schedules or anything like that, except on the state where I'll file a Schedule A. So my return, if I went to a paid preparer, would be fairly cheap. Now, if you have a side business, if you have, um, maybe you do Mary Kay on the side or Avon or something like that, or Pampered Chef, or maybe you do a lot of people, obviously not me and and, and, and not most of us uh, on this call, but if you know people who are driving for Uber or Lyft or one of the food delivery services, that's a fun return to do. We always have to do one of those on the test because that's becoming a very popular thing. Um, those returns can get a little more complicated. If you have brokerage accounts, Maybe you're selling stocks. If and next year you might have fun if you got in on that GameStop thing that was going around a while back. You may get a brokerage statement. Those that that involves a Schedule D that can get kind of hefty too, depending on how many transactions you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, finding a free preparer to do something like that can save you a bunch of money. Right. Okay. The other thing I would say too is if you are if you're not sure whether to you know a lot of people go well should I itemize deductions or not. Most software, including ours, will tell you, even the self-prep stuff, you can put those expenses in. Mm-hmm. And if it's not enough to itemize, it'll it'll tell you, it'll give you the better deduction. The exception is if you are married, but you file separately from your spouse, whatever one spouse does, the other has to do. So if one itemizes, then the other has to itemize, even if it's a, if you don't have much to itemize on. In most cases, you both come up better taking the standard. From state to state, it varies. Some states, if you itemize on federal, then you have to itemize on state. And some states, if you don't itemize on federal, you can't now itemize on state. Now in Alabama, where I am, you can do it independently. So I can take the standard on federal and I can itemize all my deductions on state and that's okay. So again, the software is usually pretty good about knowing some of these things. Where states get a little wonky is retirement income. And that may not mean you're retired. You might have left a job and they cashed you out of your 401k. And you might be 25 years old and doing that. Some states tax retirement. Some states don't. Some softwares don't always know which it is. And so you might want to ask for a little bit of assistance if you're dealing with retirement income. Um, And remember that things like my free taxes are available where you can call a toll-free number and get a volunteer on the phone who can help you with that and even possibly find answers for for, retirement. state issues as well they normally help with federal but they might know or know how to reach out to us there are a bunch of us i mean hundreds of us on a listserv we all do free tax prep and i if i get somebody from ohio i don't i've never lived in ohio i lived in kentucky once for about a year does that count (laughs) sure um so i will reach out to a, a buddy of mine in cincinnati and say hey what do i need to know about this school tax because we don't have school tax on our returns in alabama Mm-hmm. you know, and I did that once. And he said, well, what school district is it? I said, Cuyahoga. He said, oh, you're good. I wouldn't know that, but we <laughs> right. can reach out. And we do like the lady came in with the Cuyahoga thing. I'm like, look, I'm going to do your return and I'm going to save it. 
And I think this is correct, but I will call you when I talk to my guy in Cincinnati. If he tells me I did it wrong, we'll fix it before we send it off. And right. so, um, you know, I'll do stuff like that. So we are connected and we will circle back and try to find an answer if we possibly can. If we're just in over our heads, we'll say, you know what? We don't want to do you wrong. And we don't know the answer to this question. And so you might need to pay somebody you, your returns a little beyond what the IRS allows us to do and what they've trained us to do. And so you might need this year, you might need to talk to somebody with a little more professional experience. But we um, we certainly don't want to send you down the wrong path and have the IRS calling you up going, hey, remember us? <laughs> right. I have a question. Um, I'm actually I'm retired military. Yes. So what would be, you know, my process for filing my taxes and including that. I mean, so example, I have a business. Uh, I, I might have my little side hustle. I bartend on the side and, you know, I'm retired. So those are my, those are my three things right there. Okay. So military retirement, it has some interesting things going on because a lot of states don't tax military retirement. And so um, making sure, you know, for example, in Alabama, we don't tax military retirement at all. Uh, some states have an exclusion up to a certain amount. So you'd have to know your state rules on that or ask, you get a preparer who knows how to handle that in your state. Um, the, the side hustle thing, it sounds like if you are, if you don't have employees and you don't have like an inventory that you have to keep track of and you do cash basis accounting, which just means that you don't count the money until it's in your hand, uh, right. then it's just a matter of doing a Schedule C. So you would create a Schedule C. It would say, what is your, um, if you have a separate name for your business and you, if you have a business tax ID number, you list it. If you don't, you don't. It will ask you a business code, which is to say you look up bartending and there's a, usually the software has a list of codes and you just look it up, put the number in and it fills in. And then you list the income that you had as well as any expenses. Do you have to buy your own liquor? Um, do you keep track of those receipts and then do you and then turn use that to do what you do? If you do, uh, it can offset your income, right? So, you know, for example, um, you might have made, you know, $20,000, but you spent $12,000 on what it is that you need to, to do what you do. So you may only have a net profit of $8,000. That lowers your tax bill considerably. Because remember, when you're self-employed, if you have a side hustle, you may not think of yourself as owning a business, but if you're self-employed on any level, you own a business to the IRS. Right. So if you have a side hustle, um, that is also paying into Social Security and Medicare taxes, which is why it's important to, to, to file a Schedule C, but also to minimize your profits if you actually had expenses that covered it. For example, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers have to keep track of their mileage. And a lot of times their mileage is enough to zero out their profit, even though they feel like they made money. Right. The mileage zeroes out their profit and they don't end up paying into anything. It just depends. It can certainly offset it. And then there are, you know, it gets more complicated if you had to issue 1099 to employees or um, again, if you had to track inventory or you had a net loss and how much of that loss, are you a, an active participant? It sounds like you would be. Um, so you can't claim passive activity losses and those kind of things. Then it gets really in over people's heads. And that's when I would say, you know, you need to have somebody, probably a CPA or at least somebody with business tax experience to do that work for you. Okay. Well, I think you've pretty much answered all the questions that I had. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Megan, do you have anything else? Any questions or comments? I guess not. <laughs> or technical issues <laughs> that need to be resolved. 
<laughs> so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if anybody listening has questions, um, obviously they could get in touch with you and you could forward those to me and I would do my best to answer them. Um, you know, again, I, I think the, I think the thing that's important to keep in mind is that there are free tax prep programs all over the country and they're not just in big cities. We are in a city, not a huge city, but a city, mm-hmm. but I work with partners in very small rural towns and rural counties. And generally they, even if they don't have a full-time everyday open program in that county, they may have a satellite program where somebody from an organization in one county may do three or four or five days in another county. They may go set up at a community center. They may go set up at a church. They may go set up somewhere and just do returns. And so if you call the closest program to you and say, hey, is there anything that's closer to me than where you are? They may say, no, you got to go 40 miles to get to us. Or they may say, you know what, we're going to be in your county on the 23rd of March. Mm-hmm. And if let us get you an appointment set up. Um, normally they're in big cities, the sites are walk-in, but because of COVID, a lot of people are trying to limit that capacity. So they're not a ton of people in the building at once. And what you're finding is more people are going to appointment-based sites and a lot of people are going to drop off. Drop off does not mean you slide your tax stuff through the window (laughs) and run out the door. This is not the drive-through at Wendy's. Generally, what would happen is you would have to, um, sign off on, on getting, uh, understanding that you're that you're you're leaving your information and we need to know how to get in touch with you um, at a free tax prep site there are always two people who interact with your returns so one person does it somebody else is going to come behind them and check it mm-hmm. and that happens even with drop off and that is because you can make mistakes and not realize you made them somebody you might have misinterpreted some I might have misinterpreted something in the tax law you might have site, done 15 returns today and be tired and be brain dead <laughs> and said you know what I might have, it, it can even be just a visual thing. Somebody might, I had somebody the other day who picked up, there's a box and the box number is 12A. And in 12A, there's a letter code and a dollar amount. And somebody picked up the letter code, which the code was supposed to be C, but they picked up that 12A and just their eyeballs did whatever and saw that A and thought that code was A. And you wouldn't think there'd be a big difference between an A and a C, but um the difference in the return was about $750. Wow. So when I did the quality review, I was like, I looked at it and went, why would you have an A? This doesn't make sense. And the, I, of course, being blind, I can't read their tax forms. And so I had the taxpayer in front of me. She said, no, it's a C. I said, okay, that makes more sense. So C is tax on um, group term life insurance over $50,000. A is uncollected social security taxes. So if you pick the wrong things, yeah, it makes big a big difference. difference. <laughs> so a, a common one is somebody will pick up a D, but they'll see 12A and change it to an A. The, the difference between D, D says I contributed to my 401k. And again, A says I had uncollected social security taxes. So if you contributed $3,000, which is a, a possible credit for you, right? You contributed $3,000 mm-hmm. to that 401k, but I pick it up as an A. Now I'm saying you owe $3,000 in uncollected taxes. Right. That's a big difference. And 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 you can cause um, heart failure. Um, <laughs> so we do like to, we do like to have somebody go over it. It doesn't matter how good the preparer is. It doesn't matter how accurate they are. Um, we're required to have somebody review each return. If you do a drop-off return, we're probably going to call you when the second person gets to it 
and make sure that all the facts and circumstances of your situation are understood. So it's not just we're checking the numbers. We're going to say, so you are claiming the first person on this list, but you're not claiming the second person because um, your ex-wife claims that child. Um, we're going to make sure we understand those circumstances as well as making sure the numbers are correct. Right. And then um, we'll have you come back in and pick it up, sign it, answer any questions you may have. And again, ask questions. You are within your rights to ask questions and you should understand what you're filing before you file it. The biggest thing for me um, out of this was about the the my free tax thing to to get as just even that assistance over the phone potentially if yes. i if i did want to do my own taxes but i didn't feel completely comfortable doing getting that assistance over the phone um for somebody who can't leave the house or who doesn't have um any way to get to someone in their area or you know that that could be a really helpful tool and I would, uh, one thing that just popped into my head that I do want to make sure people understand, there are a lot of people who don't normally have to file taxes, mm -hmm. either because they're just getting SSI or they're just getting social security disability income or VA benefits. They were supposed to get the stimulus payments through that avenue. We are finding a lot of people didn't get the second stimulus that came out in January, mm -hmm. just the beginning of last month yeah. or January, whatever that was. January. Yeah. And some people may have even gotten it in very, very, very late December, but I'm usually it was mostly January. I think it was the like just the first week of January. when Mine came the first it. week of January, but, but it kind of varied. But the point being a lot of people didn't get that one. And the only way to get it is to file a tax return. Even if you don't normally file the mm -hmm. free software can do that. And the way our software works and the way it works at myfreetaxes.com you put in your basic information, your name, your social, your date of birth, any dependents you might have, if you have a job, what your occupation is, your telephone number. And then it says, did you receive any stimulus payments? And there are two check boxes in our software. The first one says, I got the first round, which was the one back in April, May, June. Some people got it as late as November, depending on how they filed. Um, and it, if you check that box, it says, okay, how much did you get? And you put in the amount. Then it says, did you get the second payment? And it's a checkbox. If you check that box, you say how much you got. And then if you're due any more, it'll give it to you. But a lot of people didn't get the second one. So they might check the first box and say, I got the $1,200 from the first one, but I didn't get the second one. It will then generate a refund for you. And then you file that return and it will come. This is also a way to enter your bank account information so you can get direct deposit. And once you've gotten direct deposit set up, then the next one, if there's going to be one and there's talk, there's going to be another one will come the same way. However, you chose to get the last one. So if you have not gotten that stimulus payment and it's March, it's April, whatever, and you still haven't gotten it, file a return. Online software is generally available. There are generally some free tax prep sites that are available year round. Um, generally they turn off e-filing in November. So, you know, you can file and claim that rebate credit, get that stimulus money if you didn't. There's also a weird provision where if last year you didn't file a tax return because you were a dependent, or maybe you filed, but you filed saying that your parents could claim you. And this year you worked, this, in 2020, you worked more and you get to file yourself. Guess what? You didn't get any stimulus payments last year. You can say that on this year's tax return and you can get those stimulus payments, both of them, in this year's refund. 
So there are a lot of people coming to us this year who have never filed or who don't have to file, except they didn't get their stimulus money. Right. And so we can do that. The online software can do that. My free taxes volunteers can talk you through it over the phone if you get stuck. All of those are options and you should definitely claim that stimulus money if it's due to you. And I highly recommend putting in your bank account correctly. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. It makes a difference. You get stuff faster that way. (laughs) I will tell you, that is the one thing when I do a quality review. And a lot of times because I'm the senior coordinator, I do a lot of quality review. That is the one thing that I make the volunteers check. And when I do it, I actually make the taxpayer go over it and say, check this out, make sure I've got your routing number correct and make sure I've got your account number correct before I send it. Because once I send it, I can't change it. Uh-huh. And then what you hope will happen is I that the IRS will get the money back. It will come back rejected because it doesn't match the name and right. the bank account. Um, one time we had somebody give us the wrong number. It ended up in a bank in Monroeville. Fortunately, it was a small community bank. They were able to send it back to the IRS and the IRS had to mail them a check. Mm. Um, but and you can fix that on the IRS website if you need to um, for your federal return. Yeah. You, you can go into their website and, and fix that information. And there's a timing issue, though. If you don't do it quickly enough, then right. they'll just mail you a check. They'll just mail you a check. And then the problem comes if you also happen to have moved and the last address they have on file for you right. is not your current address. <laughs> and yeah. then you have a real issue because... The only way to change it is either by filing another tax return or by filing a separate form. You can't call the IRS on the phone and change your address because I could call and say, oh, I'm Leslie and I want to change my address and they're not going to do that. So, you know, it gets really hairy. Make sure that those key details, it will reject if I put the wrong social. It will come back to me immediately and say, this social does not match this person's name. Try again. You screwed something up. And and Mm -hmm. that happens usually within 30 minutes. But wrong address, wrong bank account. No, it's going to go through. And then you're going to have to deal with figuring it out. And right now with COVID, IRS is less available than usual. And that is saying something. (laughs) Bonus homework for anyone listening tonight for fun. Go online to Google. Google search the phrase courtesy disconnect. Put it in quotes. Courtesy (laughs) disconnect. I promise you. You will get a whole slew of pages about the IRS. And I never said to put IRS in the search. (laughs) Courtesy disconnect. It means you are going to be on hold so long that that we're just going to go ahead and end your suffering now and hang up on you. Right. (laughs) Okay. Courtesy disconnect. It's a thing. Look it up. Um, So don't, if you have to call the IRS, call the IRS. But, but if you don't, if you can avoid it, if you can do it in some other way, Yes. And do try to do that. And, and, and like I said, keep in mind, there are options out there. MyFreeTaxes.com is a good one to get you the various types of help that you need. Um, there are just good options out there. And there are people, I cannot tell you how many of our volunteers are eager to get back and do taxes, pandemic and all. They're calling me going, I got my second shot. Give me a week to get better. And (laughs) we're still making everybody wear masks. And we've got desk shields up. And we've got, with the whole nine yards, I told them, it said, no perfume. Instead, just spray yourself with hand sanitizer. Um, Hey, there's Bath and Body's got some good scented ones out there. Right? I mean, (laughs) I'm like, you know, we're we're taking every precaution. But our volunteers have really risen. And there are some who are having to wait. Because they just, you know, they've got health concerns and they've got spouses with health concerns and whatever. And so some of them aren't really volunteering with us yet, but there are some who are coming back. And some of our younger volunteers are doing more shifts to try to get people in. Mm. They really want to help you wherever you are. 
and and they really will do what they can do for you. Um, and there are so many tools out there. There's just there there there's there's resources out there. Brad, may I ask a question? Oh, look, it's Megan. Hi. We found you. <laughs> yes, you may ask a question. So I'm wondering if there are scam online tax return websites out there. And if so, how do you find those? That's like, a good how, question. How do you um, find out if they um, are or not? I don't know that I've seen any scam online websites. There are probably, I'm, sh- I'm sure as I say there aren't, there probably will be some. There are quite a few that are legit. And so you can also, I, I would say just like anything else, Google reviews of, of the tax provider. Be aware too, you'll find things that are tax softwares, but they're not for the home user. They are for tax professionals. Now, to get tax pro software, you have to get what's called an electronic filing identification number. But um, you will see tax software that cost a fortune to buy. It's because it's meant for people who are preparing professional taxes. I don't know of any that I've seen that are sketchy. Read their privacy policy, though. And I don't want to pick on anybody in particular, but there are free tax services that want to borrow your data. Maybe not in particularly you per se and how much you make, but in aggregate. And they may sell some of that data. So some of the free um programs that are out there if they're totally free some of them do that now like i said my free taxes is a special deal with the irs and the free file programs are special with the irs and if you qualify qualify for them they are free and they're not using your data some of them will offer you upgrades or extra services and you don't have to buy into that And the good thing is, if you don't like where this is going, if they're like, oh, you need to pay for this and you need to pay for that, you can deactivate your account and then and not finish the return. You're not locked in. And that's important. If you start feeling kind of about a site that you're working on, you don't have to submit that return in that way and you can do it other ways. And like I said, my free taxes will actually if you go through my free taxes, there's no income limit. There are no forms restrictions as long as the software can do it. And it will never ask you to pay for an upgrade. Even if you see the word pay, there's a couple of spots where it says if you want to use your bank account to pay, but the fee is always $0. If you start at myfreetaxes.com or if you get a link from like my program can send links to our clients that take you to the same place and then we get credit for the referral, but it takes you to the same tax layer software. And it, 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 it is, there's not a fee for it. It, it, it is, is one of those things where you can go through my free taxes and get there. So really, um, that's what we recommend people do is either my free taxes or free file or one of the preparers that's there. If you are doing returns through a reputable software package, though, there shouldn't be a problem. Um, you, you've probably seen a lot of them on TV um, that advertise. And I don't know that any of those are what I would call scam services. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Awesome. Very good question, Megan. I have those occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> We're glad you were able to come back and and ask that. Well, if there are no other questions and comments, we will wrap things up for today. Brad, thank you for coming on the show. It was a lot of great information. Thank you for the opportunity to share it. I think that yeah. free file programs and that kind of thing are the most underknown tax resource out there and people don't realize that you know what we can do and that we can e-file and all the things just like the paid preparers and you can save a lot of money it's your money you should be able to keep all of it right that's a very good point 
Um, I, you know, I knew just from you and from other sources that there were those programs out there, but I had no idea that they were as extensive as they are and, and as easily accessible as they are mm-hmm. it's in just not only in terms of being able to access them if you're using a screen reader or other accessibility software, but just being able to find them and get to them and, and get the help that you need to do taxes or find people that can. So a lot of great information today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for suggesting this topic because this was, Brad came to me a couple months ago and said, hey, have you thought about doing this? Nope, I had I had not given it any thought at all. So I'm really glad that you suggested this. It's an excellent topic for, for this time of year. And um, so if you do have questions um, that you would like me to pass along to Brad, um, our email address is feedback at handsonsafety.net. And I would be happy to pass that information along. Um, you can also find us on the web. Uh, our website is still under construction, but it's there. It's handsonsafety.net. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Hands on Safety Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at hands underscore safety. And so with that, we're going to wrap up the show for today, and we look forward to bringing you another show next month. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Brad, for joining us. Brad, we do appreciate it. And everybody, take care. Have a good one.